Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Steve Perez, joined as always by Dusty No Boundary Evely. Uh, what's going on, my friend? We don't have Sarah here, but how are you doing today? Yeah, doing good, man. Uh, you know, we got last week we had some football to talk about. This week we have no real football to talk about, but mm-hmm. still excited, excited to join uh, one of these days. Uh, we'll get all three of us back together for more than one week <laughs> consecutively. Uh, that's that's my dream going forward. But for now, listen, man, this leapfrog and stuff, it's 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 still fun. It's nice to mix it up every now and then. We miss Sarah, but uh, good to see you. Good after missing you last week, Steve. Uh, good, happy to talk some football, dude. Yeah, I mean, Sarah's got some work stuff. She's got an after-hours event that she's going to, and also Ted Lasso's uh, series finale that she's going to be a little bit late to as well. So, you know, obviously she's got priorities that aren't in, around us, which, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a bit of a shot to the heart, but whatever. It's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we really got nothing, dude. We got nothing. <laughs> We have one thing to talk about, Packer-centric, uh, but we did get a crap ton of questions from you guys, so that was really huge, so thank you for that. But yeah, it was announced today um, the Packers are going to do a joint practice with the Bengals before week one of the preseason, and just kind of thumbs up, thumbs down. What are your thoughts on like the joint practices and how that stuff all works? Yeah, thumbs up. I'm a fan. Um, you know, t- this was uh, Zach Taylor announced this yesterday as press conference, and Taylor obviously he coached with um, both Lafleur and Barry uh, in LA with with the Rams before they all kind of like spread out after their their one year together there. So uh, it's they've got they they kind of know each other. They've got that. I know Aaron Rodgers hated joint practices, uh, and Lafleur has been trying to mix that up a little bit more, basically with friends with people he knows. And I'm 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 a big fan of that, especially with a young team. I think the youngest team in the league potentially. I think coming into this year. 
uh, and get get some more reps under their belt against uh, you know uh, not necessarily game game time stuff, but more than just their regular practice. So I'm I'm all in favor of I don't I don't love it against every team. Something like the Saints with a guy like uh, like Trevor Penning who just wants to fight everyone. I very much would be against that with with Penning on that team. You know, there's there's certain guys I would avoid, but but I like the idea of doing it, and I think uh, I think the Bengals are are a good good option for that for a number of different reasons. So I'm I'm all on board. Yeah, I mean, I, they're going to be in Cincinnati. It's you know, if they're there, they can scrimmage against another team or do joint practice, whatever it is. Like that's not a bad thing mm-hmm. at all. Just you know, as long as it's some healthy competition, I think that's a really good thing, especially for some of these young kids that haven't had this you know NFL experience. Like, yeah, absolutely, get them as much as much run against other NFL pros that they can for sure. Mm-hmm. You can see what you got, Dusty. That's it, man. <laughs> see, we'll see you guys next week. This was fun. Uh, we'll catch you guys now. Uh, let's 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 jump into. We did get a lot of questions, and I will preface before we even start. We got more than enough to cover multiple episodes, and we actually got a couple of like really good questions that we've mm-hmm. already earmarked for future podcasts that we can have like that be the main focus, the main topic of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, thank you guys for that. That was really cool, uh, and. and giving us some ideas for some content that you want to hear about. So we're looking forward to that, but let's jump in. First question is from uh, at pack daily one. How much do you guys trust this receiver room as it stands? Do you think we go all in with the youth movement or would adding a veteran presence be deemed necessary? I don't know for me, I don't know if trust is necessarily the right word um, because there's so many unknowns. I mean, even a guy like like Christian Watson who showed a lot of really good things and I have high hopes for this next year. He did not play a ton uh, because of injuries and, you know, he obviously had injuries in college as well. And so do I trust him coming in and playing a full 17 games and being electric every single game at this point in his career? No, I don't. So, and same thing with Dobbs. Dobbs started well, but he had some issues with injuries and with other stuff as well. So I don't know if I trust them, but I'm excited about them. I mean, I think there's something he said about a steadying hand, a veteran presence, but at the same time, like I'm not like I don't want them to bring in a veteran presence just to bring in one. Like you're not calling up Sammy Watkins to have like an adult <laughs> in the room because we even saw that last year. Like Sammy Watkins came in and he was running the wrong routes more than most of the other guys were running the wrong routes last year. So uh, I'm I'm all in favor this year specifically of if you find a guy you think could be helpful, some kind of vet you want to bring in, that's fine. Other than that, let the kids play, dude. See what you got. I mean, obviously you want you want love to be good and you want to see what you have in love. And to do that, you need guys who are doing their jobs that are where they're supposed to be. And maybe that means having a vet in the room to just kind of be that steadying hand, to be that guy who is where he's going, where he needs to be on third and three, something like that. Uh, but I, 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 I'm not a fan of bringing in a vet just to bring in a vet. I, I like these guys. I like the idea of these guys growing together and, and just getting their reps and getting snaps in when they're young and, and hopefully then getting better getting as many reps as possible this year. So when they're ready to contend for Super Bowl in a year or two, I don't think that's this year, but in a year or two, you know, if everything goes right and they're ready to contend for Super Bowl, these guys have been through the fire together and they've got their their reps in together. So I don't know that I trust them, but I like the group that they have now. Yeah, it's, uh, I've got a lot of sentiments, but when you say, do you trust them? No, absolutely not. I don't. <laughs> why Why would I? Yeah. None of them have stayed healthy for an entire season. They're first-year, second-year guys. Like, the talent's there for sure. Like, they're they're bursting with talent, but, you know, it's the connection with Jordan Love. Is that going to be effective in, in real NFL games? Like, 
so yeah, it's it's really kind of a shot in the dark. You're hoping a couple more of these guys will stick that they grabbed this year in the draft. You hope that there's that second year leap from the guys that they took a year ago. And but yeah, it's a crapshoot, man. We're gonna see. They're going to be thrown to the fire. I don't really think they need to add a, a veteran wide receiver, kind of like Dusty said. I mean, there's not too much to add to that, but, I mean, you have a wide receiver coach for a reason. Like, that's their job is to coach yeah. them up and to tell them what to do, and this is where you're supposed to be. Like, do you really, like you said, Sammy Watkins, a Julio Jones, a, one of those guys, like, they don't have a lot left in the tank. What are they really going to add? Except – taking the spot of one of the guys that the young kids that's there and needs to learn. Well, even someone like someone like nuke, like DeAndre Hopkins just got released. So if there was a way that they could fit him in the cap, like you want a guy like that. Like, I think he'd be very helpful. Okay. But then that's slightly like, different than like well, Sammy is, Watkins. But, like, but even then you hear things about like, DeAndre Hopkins is not a man who has strong practice habits. He's a guy who is naturally talented. He goes out, he goes out there and plays. Do you want, if you're trying to build this, this young group together, is that a guy who talent aside, you want the locker room kind of helping set the culture for those guys. And he's like, I don't, I just practice what I want to practice. Like, is, <laughs> like even that, like, even like DeAndre Hopkins seems like a slam dunk. You add that guy. But if that's what they're building towards, is that even a guy you want to add? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I also think so. For the record. I also think so. <laughs> I mean, if all of a sudden it goes DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs is like your three top wide receivers. Yeah, yeah I think that helps Jordan Love a little bit. So. I think you'd be okay if one of them does not practice very much. I think that's fine. <laughs> if he decided to join the Packers, yeah, you know, I think it'd be all right. Next question, Gabriel Mafra. How would a perfect season for this team look? And how would a terrible season be in the standings? Basically, what's your best and worst case scenario for the 2023 season? It's so hard to think about the season without thinking about Jordan Love, uh, which I mean is really rel- that that reflects a lot in a lot of the questions we got today as well. And I mean, everyone's talking about as as well they should, you know, what how, what, how Jordan Love is going to look this season. That that's the answer. And so everything for me kind of keys off of that. I think the perfect season, uh, regardless of record, Jordan Love's a dude. We know, all right, this is the guy we want to extend him. This is our guy for the next you know, 15 years. Like we know this right now. You've seen it on the, he puts together a complete season, whatever defenses throw at him, whatever, whatever game plans they've got, he's got answers for. He knows what he's doing. It's very, very clear. This is our dude. On the flip side, I think worst case scenario, it's not a bottom out season. I think it's, it's clear Jordan Love is not good is not going to be the guy going forward, but the team's just good enough to win six or seven games. And they're out of the QB running and a lot of that kind of high end blue chip, you know, top 10, top seven talent in the draft next year. I think that's worst case. If you find yourself, like you realize this isn't our guy, but now you're also in some kind of middle ground where like you have a hard time finding your guy, even if maybe the rest of the team looks good. So, I mean, we'll say barring, barring injury, because I think catastrophic injury, obviously that to me, that's worst case scenario. But I think those are best and worst case for me, both kind of hinging off of Jordan Love. And unfortunately, I cannot disagree too much with that. Um, I mean, this whole thing all wraps around like having a quality quarterback. That's all an NFL team wants. Like you, you look at the Colts, you look at, you know, they, who've, who've struggled ever since they lost Andrew Luck. You look at the commanders who have just had no starting quarterbacks. <laughs> Could have just stop there. Look at the commanders. The, the uh, Jets. The Jets. Yeah. Like, I mean, all it is is about finding that quarterback. And if Jordan loves the guy, 
That's the, that's the perfect season. Like you said, that's a great analogy. That's the perfect season. doesn't matter what the record is at that point, but if he's the guy, that's it. You're sold. You're good for the next decade. But mm-hmm. the bottom of it is, like you said, the bottom of it can't be that he sucks and that they have a horrible record because that's it. like then you know he sucks and you have a good pick. But it's that middling effort right there of like a seven or eight win team because they've mm-hmm. got young, talented pieces around them and they do enough that maybe the – oh, God, I can't even say the defense shows up, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hurts to say. We know what this is. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of – the 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 bottom end of it would be yeah, middling and getting like a pick – 12 to 14 to 15, not making the playoffs and knowing Jordan loves not going to be your future. Then you're just stuck. So, um, so yeah, dusty uh, pains me to say, but that was a very good answer. Sarah's in here. See how nice we are, Steve. Look I know this is, Look it really this. hurts my soul though. Like I don't like it. <laughs> I, I mean, you it. fully, you fully insulted me like right before we started po- <laughs> like the podcast. So hey, it's there. It's still there. But you know, when the lights, when the lights turn on, then it's like, Oh, there's only two of us. We should be nice to each other. <laughs> Next question from Joel. How will Devante wide and TJ Slayton take their reins of being starters now? Or do you think, or how do you think they will fare? I mean, obviously, I hope they'll be great. Um, but I, like TJ Slayton, I think, I hope we see a leap. I thought we were going to see that last year. I think Slayton might just be who he is, who's going to be a solid player, good, good in the run game occasionally, doesn't give you a whole much as a pass rush, which is basically who he was at Florida. Like you saw these flashes and you kind of you dream off of what he could be from the high end. I think I'm not expecting much from Slayton um, aside from what he is, which I think is a fairly solid player. Like I think he's still, still a good player. Rotational guy. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think as long as uh, th- that's where my expectations are for him, so that's kind of what I think. I think Wyatt. I mean, we saw flashes from him last year. The, there's still the question of why didn't he get in earlier, and there was stuff kind of floating around about that. But we never really got official word. And when he was out there, especially late in the season, I thought he looked really good. So mm-hmm. I have very high hopes for Devonte Wyatt. Like I, I don't know if he's going to be like the guy next to Kenny Clark, but he certainly could be. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I think. I'm middling, middling on Slayton at this point, but I'm entirely too high on Devontae Wyatt. I was high on Wyatt last year. Then it was like, I'm ready to have my heart broken. And then they couldn't break my heart if you couldn't play him. So I just <laughs> I just want to see him out there because I think I think he could be very, very good. It's very shocking. You were high on a first-round draft pick that didn't play. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? That's shocking. Next question, Brian Maffey. Does Dusty ever not wear a hoodie? I got news for you, Brian. He's not wearing one today, bud. Yeah, you can't see me on video. It's rare at this point, honestly. It's rare that I'm not, but yeah, I'm not not wearing one today. Mm-hmm. Sorry, dude. Mm-hmm. Next question. Q Packers. If Love gets injured early and the Pack has a chance to take either of the top two quarterbacks next year, should they? Or should they give Love a second year? I think so much depends on what the, what the coaching staff sees from him uh, in practice, off the field, on the field, you know, talking to him, basically anything, anything that we don't see. A lot depends on the stuff that we don't see that we will never, never see. Because if he gets injured, but they're convinced based on everything they'd seen up until that point that he's the guy, like, well, then then they likely should keep him. But, I, I mean, listen, if Love gets injured, regardless of what you think of him, and they bought him out and they got a chance at Caleb Williams. I think you just take Caleb Williams. And then if love is good, love is good. And you sort that mess out like that. That's basically where I land on that. Hey, everybody here on the Packaday podcast. We're all about look good, play good. And that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. 
Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I had the basically the exact same thought of if you have the number one overall pick and Caleb Williams has another gear like he had, you take him. You figure it yeah. all out on the back end. But, man, that kid looks like a generational talent. And if you have that opportunity, unless, like you said, if, if he does some good things and you have trust in him, and then on top of that, somebody blows you away with, like, four first-round draft picks, just something stupid. Yeah. It has to be, like, a stupid draft offer, draft offer, uh, trade offer, like – that's the only reason I could see doing that. But, man, if you get the shot at that kid and he he is what everybody thinks he is, yeah, you go. You go with it. It's and hard to watch a Caleb Williams game to not be like, I don't care who my quarterback currently is. I'd be fine with him being my future quarterback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Next question, Andy Gilbert. What is your biggest question mark for love this year? Is the defense making the players – or is the defense missing the players, or is the scheme not good enough for stopping the run? Food question, fried or not fried cheese curds, and why? 
Biggest question for Love is can he sustain success when teams are able to game plan against him? Because, I mean, we saw he did some stuff. You know, he wasn't not great against Kansas City, but that week was weird. He came in, did really good stuff against the Eagles this past year, but he came in during after an injury. Like, how does he look, not even like down to down or week to week or season to season? How does he look in game when they make adjustments? How does he look uh, by game three when teams have got some tape on him and they start to to make adjustments for him? So, that, I mean, that's, that's my big question on him. He looked good against the Eagles. I believe he can be that dude, but how does he look when teams start to take away some of his favorite stuff? We have no idea. So, I mean, to me, that's the biggest question. We'll know by like week five, if he starts off good in the second half of the season, post bye week, how does he look? And I think that's going to answer a lot of questions. Um, defense missing the players scheme, not good or for stopping the run. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, scheme's bad. Um, I do think what one of the things Barry can do is, is kind of help with some of the run stuff, especially with, with inside linebacker stuff. I just, for all the, everything they put into it, and hopefully Wyatt will, will shore some of that stuff up. I don't think they care enough to stop that. And I think maybe that's changing a little bit. Uh, but I, I don't think they have the dudes to plug the run. I don't think they've drafted a lot of guys to stop the run. I know Slayton is like the one dude who's like, he's the guy, he's the run stopper. Kenny Clark can obviously do it, but that he's that's not the reason he's out there most of the time. So I think I think it's a combination of both. Um, I guess that's the short answer. And then fried or not fried cheese curds. Uh, Steve, Steve and I talked about this before, and we both kind of laughed because it's, because it's fried. Everything fried. Yeah, right? absolutely. Everything. And dipped in ranch. And dipped in ranch, correct. <laughs> I think the biggest question mark for for Jordan Love this year, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how he handles being blitzed. Because I saw some article, uh, a couple tweets about it, but you know Aaron Rodgers wasn't blitzed often. So the, the offensive line didn't – and when he did, he made people pay. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a different scenario. Their teams are probably going to be more apt to blitz Jordan Love right away. And I want to see how he handles that pressure. I think that's one of the biggest question marks. Like we saw, like you said, Eagles game, you saw what he could do. Like he's got the talent. He's got the skill. Can you be an, a, a, a real NFL quarterback that does this all, all the time? So I think that'll be really interesting. You and you address the dif, the defense really well. And I don't, I don't have anything else to add to that. That was literally in my head. Oh, like while reading the question, my answer in my head was yes. And then you said it. I was like, <laughs> Apparently this this episode were very very well in sync today. So <laughs> let's see. We got the next question from Matt Pickett. It's a little bit more leaning towards you than me for the concept here, but you can't see Dusty is going Mr. Miyagi and rubbing his hands together. <laughs> is the concept of total football as seen on Ted Lasso possible in football in any way, shape, or form? Is there any? Sort of analogy, and has it been done? Food question, what's your favorite traditional English pub food dish? So for those who have not seen Ted Lasso, don't watch soccer. Dusty, can you kind of explain the concept of total football for them? I can, yeah. So total football is uh, pioneered in the early 70s by a guy named... Well, there's a handful of people. Depends on depends on what you see about it. There's a handful of people. Mainly, it seems pioneered by a guy named Johan Kruf, Kruf, Dutch guy. Um, I butchered that last name, uh, but Dutch Dutch player during the time. And then later became a manager and implemented total football. The idea behind total football, it's more or less it's it's fluid players in motion. It's it's anyone can attack. Basically, anyone but the goalie can attack, 
But if you attack, someone has to fill that hole behind you. So it's basically a defenseman can become a striker, but then the striker has to fall back to either, you know, become a defenseman or whatever. So it's, it's just kind of this amorphous blob of moving pieces, but wherever someone pushes forward to attack, someone has to fill in behind them. That's the very, very high level total football. And yeah, if you, first of all, if you're not watching Ted Lasso, um, you know, watch Ted Lasso. What are you uh, doing with your life? <laughs> and and that that whole run of like two or three episodes where they get into that is tremendous. I was going to try to break out a Jamie Tart impersonation, and I did, opted opted. Please not to do, do it! That. Please do it! After I tried it, I opted not to do my Jamie Tart. Uh, where people <laughs> ooh, they can clip this, uh, Matt Pickett. I'm looking at you. Who would clip that and, and put that out for everyone to hear? Um, that's that's the idea behind behind total football. So. If you think about that in terms of NFL football or just American football, it's it's tough to really see that on offense. I'll get into offense in a second. But there is, I mean, defense, um, you can take a lot of those principles and they apply pretty much to zone blitz, um, the short history of zone blitz. It was Bill Arnsparger kind of did that with uh, Miami in the 70s, but it really took off after the uh, after the rise of West Coast offenses in you know the early 80s, late late 70s, early 80s with with Bill Walsh, and that was because the, I mean the whole the blitzes were basically you blitz and then play man behind them, and so West Coast offense what really took advantage of is hot reads, which we which we still know today. So if a guy blitzes, that means a guy is not where that guy just blitzing, so you throw behind him. It's a hot route behind him, you throw behind him. What zone blitzes did was a man will say from the second level, say a linebacker blitzes and defensive lineman falls back. Think of, you know, the BJ Raji pick six against Chicago in the, in that Super Bowl run. Like that, that was a zone blitz, um, which everyone probably knows what that is. That's basically what the idea is. You're blitzing a guy and then you're replacing him with someone else. So if you want to think from a defensive side and even beyond that, if you look at some of the zone match, man match stuff that's going on now from the defense, with a lot of these more kind of hybrid players that can go everywhere, especially secondary, you can see a lot of that, a lot of those same principles. You can see uh, the the boundary corner is playing corner unless his receiver across from him runs an in cutting route and then he falls off and becomes a safety. And then the safety would spin down and pick him up. So you've get this kind of, it's not the exact same, but is this kind of amorphous blob that, that shifts and changes based on the actions of the offense. So you can see it defensively, the, uh, Cody Alexander in his, I think it was this hybrids book kind of talks about this a little bit. Uh, this, I actually heard about total football from the Cody Alexander book before Ted Lasso, because he talked about this principle in relation to a lot of the kind of quarters uh, zone match stuff that was going on. Uh, so when Ted Lasso, I did the Leonardo DiCaprio point at the screen when they mentioned Ted Lasso, like, <laughs> I know what this is. I know what this is. Uh, offensively, it's tougher to, to find something for this because I mean, you've got, it's a little more static, right? I mean, you've got your, your five man line, you've got your, um, you got your quarterback, you've got six players, six of your 11 players are essentially, you've got the roles for them. You can be college. You get a little more amorphous with this, but it's tougher. Even, even someone like the Niners who have a whole lot of guys that can move around. You can move Debo to the backfield and Christian McCaffrey to the slot and George Kittle is fullback. Like you can move those guys around, but it's not the same principles really as total football. Um, I think, I think if you want to find something like that, it'd be more wildcat or the single wing or triple option stuff where you've got your, um, if you, this is, this was where my Jamie Tart impersonation was going to come in, Steve, which was the uh, play through me. Uh, that was all, that was all Jamie Tart thing. You, you play through me. The quarterback is the man handling the ball, but then you have these, these, spinning handoffs and and misdirection and motion behind and all that he's facilitating the action between three or four moving pieces and it's all based on misdirection and he's that dude that you're kind of playing off of even that i don't think is perfect so 
this has been way too long. It was a really, this is a really fun question to dig into. Mm-hmm. Um, it, did, it led me to go back to the Cody Alexander book. It led, led me to read more into the total football stuff and kind of piece this together. But I do think if you're thinking of a, not a perfect analog for it, but something like this, like zone, zone blitz principles is as basic as you can get. But a lot of the man match zone match stuff that's happening on the defensive end, I think plays a lot into what the, the, the core principles behind total football. So it's probably way too much, uh, but this again. Just, just so you know, you're doing a Jamie Tart impersonation after the podcast ends. <laughs> I tried it, Steve. It went horribly. <laughs> went horribly. I know, I know, but I still need to hear it. We'll, get, we'll give it a shot when we, okay. hit, when we hit end All recording. Right. We'll do that. Um, and then and your then, favorite uh, English food, uh, shepherd's food. pie. Man, I'm a, I'm a sucker for shepherd's pie. You just pile all that stuff in a pot and cover it with mashed potatoes, and it, I've I've never had bad shepherd's pie. Okay. Um, I, you know, I was going to dive a little into the Ted Lasso mm-hmm. total football mm-hmm. stuff, but I figured you talked enough. Maybe people have probably heard enough. So oh, I'll I'm just sorry. avoid that one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you I stepped apologize. on my toes a little bit, but I, I forgive I'm you. I'm sorry. Uh, favorite English, traditional English pub food, though, man, bangers and mash. Just that hits every time you're, you know, when I was in, I lived in Ireland for a while, had some, you know, they've got some stuff over there, but uh went over to England and went over there again with my, uh, my wife at the time. And whew, that like, it just hits different, man. Just like mashed potatoes, <laughs> like gravy sausage. Like it just fills you up completely. I mean, don't get me wrong. It gave me like horrible burp it, burps, but you know, whatever. It's fine. It doesn't matter. It was delicious. So, um, as I've, as I've taught my children to say after they burp, instead of excuse me, they say delicious now. So it's <laughs> one, right one of those father moments that like, it was really funny. The one time I did it, I did not think that it would hang around <laughs> for four years and that they still do it. So I'm like, ah, but it was, it's still pretty funny. All right. Last one. We did get a question from Dave Hahn. And his question, what hot take are you afraid you won't be able to resist making prior to pads coming on? And the food question, what's your what's the most heart attack inducing dish slash food you've ever had that you'd eat again? Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned my hot do take it. for the Come show. Come on, do it. Steve was like, what? <laughs> what? I, this is, I don't even know that I fully believe it. I don't know that I believe it now. I probably won't believe it when I say it. But as the season gets closer and I get more and more excited, I certainly know words coming out of my mouth are going to be Christian Watson's going to lead the league in receiving yards. Like, I <laughs> I know that's going to happen. And I know how I know how insane that's going to sound. I know how insane that sounds now. Uh, but listen, man, I get something happens when football starts getting closer and I get excited and I get overhyped. So that's my hot take. I'm not going to be able to hold on to is Christian Watson's going to lead the league in receiving yards. Um, and then, uh, yeah, what was the second part? I forgot, Steve. What was the second part of that one? Uh, the second part was the food, the heart attack inducing food. This was, uh, this was something from an old Malcolm and middle episode that, that Hal made called Gutbusters. You remember Gutbusters, Steve? It was, a uh, um, no sausage stuffed with cheese wrapped in bacon and deep fried. Whoa. Uh, so we made those. Um, okay. There's a lot. It was very salty, uh, but delicious. So, okay. I mean, that's, that's pretty much, that's everything in there that could a heart attack you. on a plate. And then yep. you're frying it. It's heart attack on a bun. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that, like, that'd be, that'd be mine. Okay. Um, boldest take. Yeah. Right now, the only thing I can think of is that 
Preston Smith is going to have 12 plus sacks this year. Ooh. I think it's a, you know, with Rashawn coming off the injury, they're going to lean on him right away. But, you know, Kenny Clark, Lucas Van Ness, um, Quay Walker rushing. Like, I feel like there's not as going to be as much focus on Preston as last year, maybe. And so he can really tee off and, you know, he kind of goes in that up and down cycle that he has. And I think it's time for, you know, just it's time for the uptick. Time for those ups. Time for the ups. So, and the food that's most likely to induce a heart attack that I would eat again, uh, it was, was it Art? No, it was Hardee's. It was Hardee's when I was in college. And they had, it was either a double or a triple chili cheeseburger. Oh, I remember those, yeah. And it was huge and it cost like 10 bucks at the time which was insane <laughs> but man those things were awesome like for a hungover meal like i remember eating that thing and just you know having to go sleep it again for another three hours but um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that thing was so good and i still remember it to this day and it was like 20 years ago so <laughs> if the, if hardy's ever comes out with that again i would totally go get one i would totally sure. go get one well, my friend, that will do it. We actually see, and this is the time I didn't jinx it this this Mention time, it. and yeah. by saying we'd keep it short, and it's actually shorter than normal. So, uh, why don't we wrap things up here? You got any closing thoughts for everybody? Tell us some of these articles you got coming out. Yeah, a couple things. A couple things I worked on this week. One of them's out now. Put out earlier this week from Packer Report. Uh, it's something I was actually working on. I'd been working on for a little over a month, and then due to I don't know, uh, the website crashing when I was trying to post it and the additional research I want to do, it kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed, but came out this early this week, I think Monday, I think, uh, which was, uh, I'm doing this fact or fiction series over on Packer Report. And this one was, was in on, uh, do the Packers like to just chuck it deep on third and short? Cause that is, that is a refrain you hear often. They just chuck it deep on third and short. Was no, that not true? the Packers. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Rodgers. I made it general. That's the thing. It was Aaron Rodgers initially because I started writing it before he got traded. If that tells you how long okay. I've been kind of looking oh to do God. this. Yeah. Uh, so that's up on Packer Report now. We got a whole bunch of, uh, bunch of stuff on there in terms of where they rank in terms of the league in doing that and uh, you know aggressiveness on fourth down after they do it because my thought was well if they're doing it a lot are they going for it on fourth down a lot and, and does that tie into the decision making there so I went down a few different rabbit holes there but that's on Packer Report now that was a lot of fun to dig into I've got a couple more that I'm, I'm working on that series hopefully be a little more regular putting those out going forward and then on Cheesehead TV today uh, the, one of the reasons I rushed to get the Packer Report one to finally do that this week is because this week on Packer Report my call sheet series where I'm reviewing what they did in by down distance earlier in the year, I'm up to third and short. So I'm looking at the third and short section of the Packers playbook. Uh, what did they have success with uh, in 2022? And I was like, well, I should probably finish up the Packer report one. So the Cheesehead TV one uh, call sheet will be out this afternoon uh, when you're hearing this. So a uh, fun week. And then I've got, um, I don't know, this weekend, I guess we got uh, the, uh, Watching stuff with Captain Marvel, with Aaron, uh, Aaron Alice, and Monty nice. Moore, and then um, actually on Thursday, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. I'm going to say it, I guess. On Thursday, I'm going to be going on with uh, "Hey, We Like Your Pod" uh, with uh, Matt Pickett, and uh, Dawn is out, uh, but Katie Sunderman's going to be guest hosting. So nice. I'm hitting, hitting them up on Thursday night, uh, do the live stream, I guess, around nine thirty, and the podcast on Saturday. So I'm excited about that. I, I, I think it's, it's always fun. A little over a year ago, but I'm I'm hyped about that. Yeah, that's always a good time. Um, well, cool. Yeah. Make sure you guys check that stuff out. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I really don't have too much just 
appreciate you guys listening in, tuning in, and always sending those good questions. Now we've got some really good stuff for when Sarah comes back. We've got the whole team together, and we can kind of really do deep dives into that. But we had some some really fun stuff, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. casting the Packers in a movie like who would the who would the actors be for that what's your favorite Packer player by position all time mm-hmm. so we can do an offense and a defense and then even a special team episode I mean that <laughs> that one probably won't take it quite as long but yeah we'll make it work so yeah so thank you guys for that make sure you're following us on Twitter that's at Dusty Evely at Sarah Kelleher 4 at Steve Perhatch and at Packaday Podcast we will be back next week And as always, Go Pack Go! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.